Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, C3 Noosa, Pastor Christian and Melissa, Zachy, the drummer boy, sensation. Uh, what a thrill to be able to be with you guys on this beautiful Sunday morning, saying that in faith, knowing that Noosa is pretty much guaranteed is going to be a beautiful Sunday morning. Just bummed that I can't be there physically in person because of these stupid lockdowns, all the shutdowns and borders closed, and it's just crazy. But uh, what a thrill to be able to at least be up here on the screen, look around, see your beautiful faces, and uh, I wish I was there with you. I've got a great word from God for you. When uh, Pastor Christian called and said, hey, listen, would you get a word from God and speak it over our church. The word of the Lord came to me literally probably between 48 and 72 hours later. So come with me in your Bibles. We're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I always believe that the Bible has something to say. And the reason I say that is because, yes, the Bible is recorded history. But you need to understand the Bible is an imprint. It is imprinted. That's why it's become a historical document. But life, according to the the Hebrews, and life, according to the Bible, does not move linear like it does in the West. In our Gregorian calendar, we have 2020, 2021, 2022, and it's linear. Biblical Time moves in cycles, just as the earth moves in cycles. Summer, winter, spring, fall. We have seasons every year. Everything repeats. Everything's on, the Bible is on repeat. So what was once will be again, Ecclesiastes says, and that which is has been before. And so 2 Kings chapter 4, I believe, has a powerful word for where we're at right now. So come with me, 2 Kings chapter 4. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the title of this message. I want to encourage you to take notes. But if notes will distract you from receiving, then don't take notes. Just receive. Get the the audio or the video of this and play it over and over again and, and download this into your spirit. I believe it's a word for C3 Noosa and it's a word for our time. So the title of my message is Signs of Life. Signs of life, signs of life. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, right around verse 8, it, it begins to tell the story of Elisha traveling past a certain place called Shunem. Shunem means uneven. And there was a notable woman that lived in Shunem. She was a very wealthy woman. And uh, she would see Elisha walking past. And the Bible says that she said to her husband, behold, this is a man of God that comes past. And she says, I want to invite him in and I want to sow and support his ministry. So she invited him in and she would cook for him and she would prepare food for him and nourish him and support him in his ministry. That's a little bit, a little bit like what you're doing now. You're turning up on a Sunday, you're volunteering, you're serving in an area, you're bringing your tithes and your offerings and and you're feeding the work of God. You're feeding the ministry of God in your region. She, she didn't want him to have to find another region to go to. So she said, I will feed you because I want Shunem. I want a place of uneven. I, I, I want the voice of God to be there. Well, the Bible says that 
After a little while, she said to her husband, hey, listen, can't we take this up another level? He's a man of God. Why don't we build a room for him so that every time he comes past, he doesn't have to just stop for a meal, but there are times he looks so exhausted. He looked like he needed a little siesta, looked like he needed a nap. Why don't we build a room on our house? Why don't we extend our house and put a bed in there, a lampstand, put a table and a chair and so he can sit, he can study, he can relax, he can, he can lie down, he can sleep. And, and the Bible says, and it came to pass whenever he would go by, he would stay in there. But this one particular time he's there and he calls his servant Gehazi and says, Gehazi, ah, this woman's been so kind to us. Is there anything she needs? And so he calls the woman and said, hey, listen, you want me to talk to the king? She says, no, I already got access. He says, would you want me to talk to the commander of the army? Is there any? She goes, no, I've, I'm a notable woman. We've got wealth. We've got influence. But then Gehazi said, oh, master, she has no baby and her husband is quite old. Husband quite old means that he could die and then she's going to be left destitute having, because in those days they didn't have welfare. So your welfare came from your children, took you in when you were old. And so Elijah or Elisha, excuse me, prophesies and says, this time next year, you're going to bring forth a child. You will bring forth a child. She says, no man of God, no man of God. Don't lie to your servant. She'd obviously had many, many miscarriages or many, many times where she looked and disappointment, disappointment, negative pregnancy test, negative pregnancy test, negative pregnancy test, where to hope again and to believe again was too painful. Can I just tell you that C3 Noosa, you are in that region to bring hope again where hope is painful to people. There are a lot of people that would rather live in the, the, the painlessness of mediocrity, the painlessness of broken faith. They'd rather live in the painlessness of life is uneven. Life is unfair. Life has dealt me a slack hand. Life has dealt me an unfair hand rather than believe again and face the pain of disappointment. But the Bible says, and it came to pass. Why did it come to pass? Because the word of the Lord was with Elisha. The word of the Lord always comes to pass. So the Bible says that a year later, she has a little boy. Well, now fast forward about 10 years later, that little boy goes into the field with his papa. In the Eastern culture, the first 10 years or thereabouts, mama raises and mama nurtures the child. After that, from 10 onwards, the child goes to be with the father and learns the trade, learns the business, learns that at 13, they have the bar mitzvah, which literally means he becomes the son of the law. And at 13, a Jewish boy could own property, hold title on land, on deeds, could start a business, go to the bank and get a loan for a business. So, so the boy goes into the field. And the Bible says he was in the field with his papa amongst the reapers. When all of a sudden he said, my head, my head. And most of you know the story, and I'm just for time's sake abbreviating it. And the Bible says that the father says, quick, take him to his mama. He sits on his mama's knee, and right around noon, he perishes. He dies. She goes and puts him on the bed of the man of God, says to her husband, give me the fastest donkey we've got. And she rides off to the man of God. 
And everyone's asking, is everything okay? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. She gets to the man of God and she says, you know, man of God. And she falls down at his knees. Why, why did you do this? Why are you exposing your servant's sins? Why did I not say to you, don't give me a child? And Elisha says, wow, the Lord has not showed me this. And he gives his staff to Gehazi. And we're going to read in just a moment. But Elisha gives his staff to Gehazi and he says, right on ahead and don't talk to anybody. Don't greet it. If anyone greets you, just ignore them. You're on mission. You're on assignment. Don't lose energy. Don't lose focus. When you get to the house, go into where the child is lying and lay my anointed staff on his face and resurrect him. Well, the Bible says that Elisha goes on ahead and gets there. And then we're going to read down here in verse 29. Uh, It says, he said, get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand. Be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. Verse 30. And the mother and child says, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. Now this is where I want you to catch it. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet Elisha and he told him, saying, The child has not awakened. The child has not awakened. You probably know that we changed the name of our church to uh, Awaken. This was before 2020, but we really felt God was saying, and we bought the URL back in 2012, that our assignment was to awaken people. Here, the child had not awakened. But I want you to zero in. That's not the issue. The issue is the signs of life. When I was in uh, high school, as probably most of you went through high school, we had to do our, or we had the option to do our bronze surf life saving certificate. And so I got a bronze medallion as, uh, to do surf life saving. And we had to swim like, you know, I think it was like 800 meters and we had to be able to tread water and we had to be able to resuscitate and we had to know CPR and five pumps, two breaths. We had to know all of that kind of stuff. We had to rescue somebody and it was pretty grueling, but it was, it was quite rewarding. And they do that in Australia because so many people live around the coast and people drown every year. What's interesting is that, that Gehazi, his, his commentary was the child is not awakened. There's no voice nor hearing. In Australia, if you walk along the beach and, and there's a body laying on the beach, somebody's been washed up on the beach, the first thing that we do is we check for pulse. We check for, is their heart beating? And are they breathing? But I want you to notice, and this is why the title is called Signs of Life. Because the earth says if someone is, is breathing and their heart is beating, they're alive. But God says, not so fast. My signs of life, heaven's signs of life is, is their voice and is their hearing. Is their voice and is their hearing. There's a lot of churches that have a heartbeat. They have compassion. They have compassionate programs. They have welfare programs. They do good. They give to the poor. They minister. They, they, they have heart. 
there's a lot of church, they're breathing, they have inspiration. Well, man, that was an inspirational sermon. That was an inspirational Sunday. That was a, an inspirational message. That was a, an inspirational time of worship. They, 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 have, they have heart and they have inspiration, but there's no voice and there's no hearing. Elisha goes up and the Bible says that he, he lays on the child, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hands to hand. And then he gets up and the child's flesh became warm and he does it a second time, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hand to hand. And then the child sneezes seven times, comes back to life and he hands the child to the mother. The message that I, that I have for you today is that, that God has called C3 Noosa to be a church that doesn't just have heart and doesn't just have inspiration, but God has called you in such a time as this to be a church that has a voice and a church that has hearing. It's a church that has a voice and has hearing. We lose our voice if we just become an echo of the world. We lose our voice if we become an echo of the spirit of this age. See, God sees the churches that are awakened and the churches that are awakened are the churches that have both voice and have both hearing. Voice, John the Baptist, when they said, who are you? He said, I am the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the path of God. Because I said, are you the Messiah? No, are you Elijah? Are you this? Are you that? They, they, they were asking who he was. And, and, and John the Baptist knew that in his time, in his hour, in his season, he was called to be a voice to his generation. He was called to be a voice in all the confusion. They were looking for the Messiah, that they weren't sure, but his, his job was to be a voice to bring clarity in a time of confusion to bring certainty in a time of chaos, to bring faith where there was fear, to bring a correction where there was an aberration. And C3 Noosa, God has anointed you and appointed you and placed you and Pastor Christian and Pastor Melissa, God has raised you up for such a time as this. And the Lord would say to you, have no stomach, have no stomach for the, the lies of this age and the spirit of this world. There are most people that will live in, in a compliance with the spirit of the age because they don't need to be a voice. And I'll get to that in a minute. Elijah, Elijah, who was Elisha's predecessor, turns up in 1 Kings 17 and he turns up to the palace of the king, King Ahab. Ahab has married Jezebel. There's widespread perversion. There's uh, a, a, an apostasy that has happened, a falling away from God, the erection of Baal, his altars, the erection of statues that were uh, perverted and sensual and sexual, and they were they were killing the prophets of God, and they were filling the prophets, uh, they were filling the temples with the prophets of Baal, false prophets, lying prophets to deceive the people and turn the heart of Israel away from the one true God towards idolatry, towards compromise. And Elijah turns up on the scene and he says to the king, there'll be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. And then he turned around and left. And the Bible says that a drought and a famine hit the land. 
It's a pretty audacious thing for Elijah to say, there'll be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Why didn't he say there'll be no dew nor rain these years except at God's word? Because Elijah recognized that he was called to have a voice. And the voice that he was called to have is the voice of God. The world didn't need an echo of what they already had. The world needed to hear from God. So Elijah comes in and says, there'll be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. God does everything through his word. Jesus is the word became flesh. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. It was the word that saved. It was the word that healed. It was the word that redeemed. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word endureth forever. The Word of God is so powerful that it causes the calves to skip, the Bible says. It causes to give birth. It causes life to come where there was death. Jesus healed them with a word. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man came out of a a, a tomb. Jesus said, peace be still. And immediately there was a great calm. And they said, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Jesus does everything through his word. The reason that is, is because in Genesis chapter three, we, we find the, the, the root, we find the fracture and the fracture happened in the garden of Eden where Satan said, has God really said? Has God, has God really said? The world is divided into two camps. The camps that have moved away from what God has said. You can't trust the Bible. The Bible, it was, how do you know who wrote it? It was written by man. It's, you know, the Bible is full of, it's full of, it's contradiction, contradiction. The Bible, you know, just men wrote it. You can't trust it. Hey, we've got to move on. It's a 21st century. The Bible, it's outdated. We need to, has God really said camp? And then there's the other camp that is thus saith the Lord. I want you to know that when Jesus defeated the devil and whether you care for it or not, whether you like it or not, Satan is the God of this age. Jesus calls him now the God of this world stands condemned. The apostle Paul calls him the spirit of the age and also calls him the God of this age and the God of this world. Jesus three times defeats the devil by saying to the devil, hey devil, it is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus went to the source of the fracture. The fracture was, has God said, Jesus is like, yeah, and not only did he say it, but we Jews wrote it down. We were given instructions through Moses on a mountain that we recorded that is now known as the Torah. And let me tell you, devil, we don't just believe what God says. We wrote it down. We meditate on it. And this is what God is saying. Thus saith the Lord. What, what Australia re- needs right now, what the world needs right now is clarity in a time of confusion. It needs certainty in a time of chaos. It needs hope in a time of hopelessness, despair, depravity. It needs direction in a time of discombobulation. And God has raised up C3 Nusa to speak up and to speak out. Now you need to understand in Elijah's day, There was a man by the name of Obadiah. Obadiah was like high up. He was one of the officials in the kingdom, but he was a godly man. He was a devout man. 
and he was sent with Ahab to try and find Elijah. And when he finds Elijah, Elijah says, go and tell Ahab that I'm going to go and meet him. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, it'll be the Lord will take you up. And then when Ahab, he'll kill me. He says, haven't you heard what I've done? When, he, when Jezebel was slaughtering the prophets of God, I hid 50 to this cave and 50 to this cave. I've kept, I've kept 100, 100 prophets of the Lord alive. And I've got them in two caves and every morning and every evening, I bring them bread and I bring them water and this is what I'm doing. Isn't that interesting? Because Elijah's rhetoric was, I alone am left of the prophets of the Lord. I alone am left. And yet he just got intel that, no, there's a hundred other prophets. The reason Elijah said that is because they were prophets, but they were content to dwell in a cave and not prophesy. They were content to just subsist. They were content to coexist. They put their own survival, they put their own welfare ahead of their assignment, ahead of their mandate, ahead of their mission. They didn't want to speak out for fear of being located. If they would have prophesied, they would have been located and lost some of their welfare. That is a snapshot of the church today. There are so many pastors and so many leaders who will not speak the word of the Lord. They are called to be prophets, but they're hidden in caves because of the spirit of the age, because of the spirit that is over the land, because of the wickedness that is in the highest seats of authority, persecuting and attacking the church going after its prophets, going after its ministers, going after its pastors, going after its leaders because it wants to take out its voice because the devil knows the only way a truth can, the only way a lie can be sustained is to to put the truth at bay. But if truth is introduced, it immediately unravels and disintegrates the lie. A lie can only go forward and, uh, and a lie has the lifespan that it enjoys until truth comes in and expires the lie. And so the devil knows for his lies to have longevity, he has to extinguish the truth. A couple of months ago, we had Charlie Kirk in our church and and he was telling us about another church that decided they were going to put the uh, rainbow flag, the the gay pride, the LGBTQ flag out the front. They were going to fly that flag. And he said that, that God spoke to him and he said, the reason they do that is the same as when The children of Israel put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts so that the destroyer would pass over. See, they felt like if they put that flag out there, it's like the same, does the same as the Passover lamb, that if Antifa, if Black Lives Matter, if LGBT people come past, they see that church and they'll leave it alone. They won't destroy, they won't attack the pastor. The destroyer, the attacker will be at bay because they've put their... How sad, how sad when the church looks to the world, flies the flags of this world rather than flies the flag of the kingdom. You and I are called, you and I are called to be a voice to this generation. But it says there was neither voice nor hearing, voice nor hearing. Do you know there are seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation? And those seven letters to seven churches all have this line in there. To him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To him who has ears to hear, let him hear 
what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Jesus often said, whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. All of us have ears, two of them plastered on either side of our head, but not everybody hears what the Spirit is saying. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We hear what the Spirit of the world is saying. The church loses her voice when she no longer listens, when her ear is no longer inclined to the voice of heaven. But when she is simply a parrot, she is simply an echo chamber of the spirit of this world. C3 Noosa, you are called to hear from heaven and speak it into your region, speak it into your nation. Do not be afraid. In 1945, Adolf Hitler was defeated. Nazi Germany, the war machine, the regime, the final solution, six million Jews were, were, were wiped out. But Hitler was defeated by the Allied forces as part of the settlement agreement because Russia and the Eastern Blocs were involved. They decided they were going to cut Europe in half. And the, the, uh, the Eastern Bloc in Europe would become what is known as the USSR, the United Socialist Soviet Republic, excuse me, the United Soviet Socialist Republic. And, uh, and they fell under and the, the Iron Curtain literally, literally came down. Communism, capitalism. My father grew up on the East, so I know a little bit about it. What was crazy was literally, literally one month before the Iron Curtain was coming down, the Russian Orthodox churches had their annual general assembly where all the Russian Orthodox... Now, now I want you to understand that within, within the next 12 months, within the next six to 12 months, many of the, the, the pastors and many of the ministers, many of the leaders of these churches that had gathered in this assembly would be sent off to gulags, would be tortured, would have their buildings and their churches confiscated. Uh, they, they would be forced to take communion with human excrement and urine. They would be mocked. They would be beaten. Their wives would be raped. Their children would be killed. Most of them would be tortured or exterminated by an atheistic communistic regime. So this is one month before all of this is about to happen. And the Russian Orthodox Church comes together to meet and the top two items on their agenda, the top two items on their agenda, the, the, the nation is about to be decimated by communistic atheism. And the top two things on their agenda was number one, how many fingers should the priest hold up when giving the benediction? Should it be two or should it be three? Number two, second highest in the priority was what color robes should the priest be wearing? Should it be crimson purple or should it be black? The church had become deaf to the spirit of heaven. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever seen uh, a deaf person try to speak. Deaf people struggle with enunciation. And the reason that they struggle with enunciation is because they, they cannot hear in order to form the words. So you'll, you'll, often find, oh, you'll often find that there's, a, and I'm not trying to make fun, I'm just trying to say 
I'm trying to highlight that they, they struggle to enunciate because the voice is determined on the hearing. An awakened church is a church that has a voice, but you will only have a voice so long as you position yourself to hear. Pastor Christian and Melissa, I just want to say to you, you guys are strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous like Joshua. You are strong and you are courageous and you have convictions and you are a man of woman of no compromise. And I would just say, continue to untangle and continue to separate yourself from the spirit of this world and incline your ear to heaven. You are called to be a prophetic voice to this generation. But here's the tragedy. There is a price to hearing. Ignorance is bliss. There's, there's an ignorance in, in not hearing from God. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a bliss in, in not knowing. I remember having a hard time in my marriage. I'd been married four or five years and then I'm complaining to God. And he just said to me, Jürgen, your wife is a product of your husbandry. If I was honest with you, I didn't want to hear that. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear that. When, uh, when, when we were moving from, uh, Auckland to Sydney, I remember just as we were coming into land, looking out the window, seeing the beautiful opera house and the Sydney Harbor bridge. And, and I was so excited and, you know, got the kids and they were, were all looking out the little, the little window on the air, airplane. And, and then the word of the Lord came to me and, he, and it was like a lament. And he said, Jürgen, when you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. I'm like, what? What does that even mean? Then I began to realize he was saying, Jürgen, for you to have influence over your culture, you can't become like your culture. You're going to see a lot of great things that you love about Sydney, but don't let Sydney be the voice. Don't let Sydney be the lens through which you interpret everything. Let heaven be the lens and let heaven be the voice. When we, when we came to San Diego, they, they warned us. They said in San Diego, hey, listen, if you want to build a big church, you just left everything. Man, what a, what a roll of the dice. What a Campbell. Are you kidding? You put a hundred grand on your mortgage in Australia to come and you've never been to San Diego. You don't know anybody. You're not even taking over a church. You've got no building, no team, no location. You, three little boys, three dependents. And you don't know, OM, listen, let us give you some advice. Number one, don't be spirit-filled. There's no big spirit-filled churches. If you want to be a big church, go, go seek a friendly. Number two, don't empower women. Over here, it's, it's a Calvary stronghold. Women in leadership, preaching authority. We know your wife preaches, just, you know, just put an end to that. And number three, it's Southern California. Don't talk about money. If you talk about people's money, they're going to leave. You're going to find they're going to up. So, so just, just, don't ever talk about money. Don't be spirit-filled and don't empower women. And then the word of the Lord came to me and he said, Jürgen, I didn't send you to San Diego to give them what they've already got. I sent you to San Diego to give them what I have shown you that I will do through. I've looked for somebody who is uncompromising and unyielding, un, unwilling to yield to the spirit of this age. And I want to say to you that, the, 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 that even though it would have been easier every single time for me to just ignore, la, 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 just ignore what I was hearing, I wanted to believe it was Leanne's issues that was the challenge in my, I didn't want to hear that it was my 
responsibility that she was the product of my husbandry and that I was the one that needed a change. I found that every time God speaks, there's a price that comes with it. But I've got to be honest with you. There is no fear that I have above God no longer speaking. If you think God's speaking to you is because of the price. No, no, no. You never want to be in a place where you don't hear God. You don't hear from God. God showed me because I'll be obedient in the difficult, I'll never struggle for a word from heaven in a storm. If you want to position your life where when you need the word of the Lord, when they diagnosed our daughter Zoe, when Leanne was pregnant, having 16 markers for Down syndrome and chromosome deficiencies and, and uh, malformities in her lungs and that we should, we should do the right thing and abort. My wife was destroyed. She didn't ask for that pregnancy. I asked for it. And I went home and I got my guitar out and the word of the Lord came to me. And James 1.17, I had to look it up. Didn't know what it said, but it just the word of the Lord came. James 1.17, I'm like, what is it? And I look it up, every good and perfect gift comes down from the, and God, the word of the Lord said, what I'm knitting together will be good and perfect. Do not listen to the voice of the doctors. I have not finished knitting. When she was born, even the doctor said, my God, she's perfect. Absolutely. And God said to me that you will never lack a word in a storm because you'll incline your ear when I speak and it's difficult. There's a price tag to hearing from God. There's a price tag because there's places you won't be able to go. There's things that you're doing you'll have to stop doing. There's, there's places that you've put your foot in. The Bible says, remove your foot from iniquity. Remove your foot from evil. There's things you got to repent of. There's things you got to retract. There's things you got to get right. There's tithes you got to catch up on. There's, there's, there's things on your computer you got to delete. There's things in your heart you got to pull down when the word, but I'm telling you, it is worth it. It is your lifesaver here on this side of eternity. Do not lose the lifesaver. You'll be like lost at sea without a compass. It is your compass. Have the word of the Lord, pay whatever price it is. So when we came to San Diego, guess what? We built our church and those three things, we 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 move in the Holy Ghost every week, miracles, healings. I mean, God, the, the amount of cancers and tumors, it's just, it's ridiculous. The, 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 the women in our church preach as good, if not better than the men. Poor old Chichi's got the same issue with Melissa. The, guy, the woman's a powerhouse preacher and that's why we pray for Chichi all the time. And then we find that that, we never had a problem. We moved here in 2005. They said, you can't get a building in San Diego. There's no zoning. Plus, it's the fifth most expensive city in, in the United States of America. Now we have eight buildings and we're trying to buy our, our ninth one. I'm not that smart. It's just because we're obedient to God. If you'll be obedient, what God will do. So let me just finish now on this. The child... The child was birthed through the word of the Lord. When, when it was time for that, that child to go into the marketplace, to go into the field amongst the reapers, to, to reap is maturity. You, you don't reap an, a baby plant. You, don't, you reap maturity. When the child was coming into maturity, you'll know that a church is coming into its maturity because of its, its reaping a harvest 
in Noosa. It's reaping a harvest. It's, and, and, and God has birthed this church. This church is, but the enemy will attack the head. He'll attack. That's why you need to pray for Christian Melissa. He'll attack the thinking. He'll attack the paradigms because he wants to take away the voice and the hearing. Notice that both of those things are on the head, the voice and the hearing. So Elisha, Elisha lays on the dead child. He lays the dead child on his bed and then Elisha lays on him. Heaven has to touch earth. Life has to lay on top of death. The reason that C3 Noosa exists is because she is positioned by God to be life on death. Where where there is death, where there is divorce, where there is drug addiction, where there's alcohol addiction, where there's dysfunction, where there's pain where there's just people steeped in sin. God has put this church to, and, and, and what are the three keys? Number one, mouth on mouth. We are not here to echo the CDC, the World Health Organization. We are not here to echo the Australian government says. We go to the highest authority, thus saith the Lord. When, when earth's mouth and heaven's mouth, that's the first sign of life. The next one is eye to eye. Vision, seeing what God sees. Don't see the world through, don't see the word through the lens of the world, but see the world through the lens of the word of God. Do not see the word through the lens of the world, but see the world through the lens of the word. And then hand to hand, it's action. You got to get engaged. You got to protest. You got to stand up. You got to defy. You got to say this ain't right. You got to. If you don't say it, nobody else will. You will put courage in people. Courage is infectious. Courage is contagious. Put courage in people. It's time to stand up. It's time to find your voice. It's time to hear, incline your ear to what God is saying. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this extraordinary church, these magnificent people. I thank you for Pastor Christian, Pastor Melissa. I thank you for C3 News or all the leaders that you're raising up there. And Father, and I prophesy and declare that they are a voice to their culture, a voice to their region, a voice to their generation. Now, I just want to just encourage and exhort both of you. Rise in this hour. Find your voice through inclining your ear. What is heaven saying? And refuse to compromise. The saints that are elevated in eternity are those who here on earth refused to back up and lose what heaven was saying. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. I pray if there's anybody here today that is away from you, the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The condition of your heart determines the clarity of his voice. Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. If you're not right with God, get your life right. If you're away from God, come back. If you're compromised, if you're living a double life, a compromised life, don't leave today the same way you came in. I'm going to hand over in a moment. Pastor Christian is going to come up. He's going to open the altar. And if your life's not right with God, get it right. If you've never surrendered, friend, today's your day to surrender. If you're living a compromised life, if you're living in fear, if you're living in, come forward onto this altar, receive Christ, receive his word, put his word, his voice first. You'll find there'll be an awakening that'll happen. Life will come and the signs of life will be found on the inside of you. Love you so much. 
God bless you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.